Oh, that was so relaxing. But don't fall asleep yet. You are listening to The Big Tent here on Radio Boise 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. I am your host, Jen Schneider. I'm here with my co-host, Jackie Kettler. And we have two really special guests with us here today. I'm so excited about this show. Uh, You're going to hear today from Sonia Rosario, who's an independent documentary filmmaker here in Boise and former director of the Women of Color Color Alliance, and Susie Rios, who's an activist and entrepreneur. Um, And these two women are joining us because they are both involved in a film that's going to be showing at the Flicks this Saturday afternoon called The Sofa Diaries. I'm about to break your heart because it is totally sold out. It just broke my heart. But um, I'm going to be pressuring these two to make sure we get another screening here in the Valley in the next few months. But in any case, you're gonna, you've are gonna you probably read about this in the newspaper. You've seen it on the news. And so we're so excited to talk with you, Sonia and Susie, about the Sofa Diaries. Welcome. Um, why don't we go ahead and start with you, Sonia, telling us just a little bit about what this film is about. It's about women, politics, connection, power. Tell us a little bit about what this movie is about, and then we'll talk about why you made it. Well, I think that the story really is about, uh, it's a love story between a mother and a daughter. The complications of that love story and that those relationships and... Um, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's connecting women with women, um, the impact of other women on each other's women's lives, and um, what's the ripple effect of that impact? What do we leave behind um, due to that impact with family, friends, and communities? So why call it the Sofa Diaries? What does that mean? Um, Okay. Um, Well, I'm sorry. I got caught off guard. Somebody just walked in. I'm like, ah! (laughs) Okay, well... That's all right. That's how we roll at Radio Boise. You never know who's going to come in the door here at 1020 West Main. It's the fun part of community radio. You know, we just kind of roll with what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, so why the Sofa Diaries? There's a one I saw the uh, great story about it in the Idaho Press, and there was this gorgeous Victorian sofa there. And I told you my grandmother had one just like it. So what is the significance of the sofa for this movie? Well... The sofa itself, is a, it's from the Victorian age. And uh, we know what the Victorian age represented for women. It was oppression. Um, women couldn't own land. If they inherited money from their fathers, once they got married, their husband took over. I mean, they now inherited the money. Um, the Victorian age was about binding yourself until you fainted so you could have that tiny little waist Everything about the Victorian age really oppressed women and kept women bounded to um, to a husband who probably did what he wanted to do, and she had no power. She had no voice. So what happens, um, my mother has this beautiful Victorian sofa, and on that sofa, she says to me, I'm going to leave your father. I'm going to leave a loveless marriage, a marriage that is cruel. And will you support me? Will you assist me? Not help me, but assist me and support me. So I say to her, yes, I will. I will support you, and I will do whatever it takes 
for both of us to divorce an old way of thinking and an old way of lifestyle that's been accepted for many, many years, not just in my family, but in generations of women across the country and across the world. So that sofa becomes about liberation. It is. It goes from a Victorian age of oppression to two women taking on a journey together and saying, no more, enough is enough. And so uh, she dies uh, several years later. And um, when she died, I stayed in San Antonio. I stayed in San Antonio to discover the girl, to hear about the girl and who she was and um, what happened to her. I knew what happened, but I had to hear from other people that I wasn't the only one that witnessed her demise. And she was powerful in her own right. She was an activist. She was a poet. Um, She spoke in uh, poetic parables. She was dynamic and wickedly funny, wickedly funny. But when she died, I stayed two months extra in San Antonio just to discover who she was, not just as my mother or as the woman I knew as my mother and as the activist, but the girl, the, the barefoot contessa is what they called her. And she lived in books and she dreamed of living in Italy and eventually we did go live in Italy. I'm a military brat. But after she passed away, I returned home and I had the sofa in my dining room. And I broke down on Mother's Day. Just broke down. Could not find anyone to hang out with. It was my first Mother's Day without a mother. And that's incredibly painful. And um, I was crying so hard that I, I, I think, lost a lot of consciousness of what was happening around me. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of someone walking into the dining room. You know, like how you turn around that you feel somebody's behind you? And it spooked me. And I was like, okay, Mom, I love you, but I really don't want to see ya. <laughs> you. Know? So um, I got spooked. I stopped. And all of a sudden, across the dining room was this beautiful sofa. And I leaned over this way to peek at the sofa. And I felt the sofa was peeking at me. You know, like, (laughs) we're both looking at each other. All of a sudden, you're in a relationship. I'm in a relationship with this sofa. It's like, okay, you may not have a mother, but you still got me. Yeah. Took the seats out of my Chevy van, told my husband, let's put that sofa inside, and took her to Blackfoot, Idaho. Now, everybody says, Blackfoot, Idaho, why? I had just been hired part-time to do some work in Blackfoot, Idaho. But I took, I took the sofa there, and that's where it began. That was the awakening. I was asleep in Idaho. But when that sofa was in that van, I woke up. 
Oh my gosh, this might be the first ever cliffhanger that we've had here on the Big Tent. We are going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, Sonia Rosario, we're going to ask you to finish that story and tell us about where you and that sofa went next. And then Susie Rios, where you fit in as well. Uh, Stay tuned if you're listening. We'll be right back. This is Joey Corsentino, a.k.a. Sleepy Seahorse. You're listening to Locally Programmed Radio, KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. Hey there, welcome back to the Big Tent. Uh, We have a really exciting show today. We have two special guests, Sonia Rosario, who's an independent documentary filmmaker, and Susie Rios, who's an activist and entrepreneur, who stars in this new documentary film called The Sofa Diaries. It's screening this Saturday at the Flix. It's sold out, so you're going to have to sneak your way in there like some sort of criminal (laughs) if you want to see this movie. Um, But of course, are you on Facebook or or something like that? Facebook, The Sofa Diaries. So people could flood you with requests. Yes, for yes, another screening. Yes, Sonia, yes. okay, excellent. We need more people to see this film. So right before the break, we left, you had packed this sofa that was your mother's, this Victorian sofa, into the back of your car, and you went to Blackfoot, Idaho, and you start making this movie. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be, how you met Susie, and then we'll talk a little bit about what she does in the in the movie. Okay. Well, um, I took this the sofa to Blackfoot, Idaho, and uh, I was working with a um, brilliant activist by the name of Sonia Martinez, who had hired me to do social media with five women who were going to start their businesses, their small micro businesses. And um, I started to meet other women who were unable to say goodbye to their mothers, either due to expense or distance. And a lot of these women worked in the factories, worked in the fields, and they were not able to say goodbye. I had the privilege of holding my mother's hand and uh, reminiscing about the past and, and memories that we had built together. And, uh, and, and funny things that we laughed about before she passed away. And I felt a sense that I had a responsibility to capture other stories about these incredible women I was meeting in in Blackfoot, Idaho, Pocatello, and Fort Hall Indian Reservation. And um, that's how it began. You know, I didn't start filming. I started to collect audio and photographs. But when I came back here, I said, I have a film. I have a story. And um, I shared a story about my mother and it's too long, so I'm, I'll put it on, on Facebook, but she sounded like Darth Vader when she was dying. And she would ask me, she asked me one day, she looked at me, she, she didn't recognize me. She was like, who are you? And I probably looked disheveled. My mother's dying, why wouldn't I look disheveled? But she's like looking at me and like she doesn't know who I am. And all of a sudden she says, is there money in the bank? She sounds like Darth Vader, sister, is there money in the bank? And I said, yes, don't worry, I have it all taken care of. Is there enough money in the bank? And I said, yes, yes, don't worry. She says, go dye your hair, you're depressing me. Oh, she's a mom to the very end. To the very end. (laughs) She wanted me to look really good at her funeral. And she's a Texas girl, so you know those Texas girls and their makeup and their hair. I was gonna say some big hair too. Big hair, big hair. And I shared that with a group of women and they thought it was hysterical. I didn't think at the time, 
I was hurt and wounded. And then I thought, hmm. But then I, I realized she was giving me a lot of material to work with. And she knew I was a filmmaker. And it was just a beautiful story. So I came back and I, I said, I'm going to find the women I want in my film. And Susie, you ended up being one of those women. How did you first learn about this project? Um, yes, I, I'm actually um, the last one that she filmed. And um, Sonia had came to me and asked me to be on the Sofa Diary the first time. And I said no. And then she came to me again. And at that time, I said yes. Yeah, it would be hard for me to say no to you, Sonia. I'm, I'm very impressed, Susie. It's very difficult to <laughs> say no to me. But you agreed the second time. I did. And for me, you know, you start um, thinking, okay, this is important for Sonia. And I'm always, I've always been a believer when somebody has a dream, help that person. Because I've always, my message to people is when you have a dream, do it no matter what it takes. So I knew that this was important for Sonia and for me as well because this is out of my comfort zone and I have to be very grateful for Sonia to get me out of my comfort zone. And it was tough to talk about your personal story. Yeah, well, it must have felt very vulnerable, right, to talk about these intimate personal stories and Absolutely. have it recorded. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But by sharing your story, you think you're the only one that's going through that. And little do you know that other people are going through the same thing. And by giving your message could really help that person that day and to go and to continue with life. I think it also helps us, right, when we are able to share and connect with even if a difficult experience or story, knowing that we get that personal connection with another person, which is also why like, the, I think the film can be really powerful. Absolutely. Could you imagine if somebody hears our stories and they're going through the same thing and when they hear that story and it's like that shift in them can make the big difference in their lives. One story. So what is it that you um, focus on or talk about in the in the film, Susie? You talk about your history, your past? Yes. So. I talk about um, that I came from a migrant family, uh, farm worker, and we used to travel state to state. And because I am the oldest child of the family, we settled in Idaho, the little small town population of 10,000 Burley, Idaho. And so my dad and my mom said, you are the oldest, you're going to start first grade, so we need to settle. And of all places, it was Burley. And Working at the fields at 10 years old, it was a need. And at 10 years old, I did not have a choice. I needed to help financially to bring money to the household. And it was difficult. Um, you imagine at 10 years old, working on, on hoeing beets, the long hours, the sun. When the sun would come out and it's so hot, and long hours in all kinds of weather conditions, rain or, or sun. And so with that, I learned a lot of things. It made me who I am today. Why? Because if, I, if today I don't have a job, I know I can go clean toilets. And I do it with great integrity. 
and that's what it taught me. And it also taught me that family ties, working together as a family, the unity, and also to appreciate the toilet at home because we had no toilets in the fields. So you imagine going to to the restroom and hide behind a weed, weeds, and use the restroom there. No toilet, nothing to wash your hands. And after that, what do you do? We have lunch, bologna sandwiches with dirty hands. But let me tell you, when you're working long hours, that bologna sandwich with mayonnaise that's been sitting out there in the car for a long time that could give us food poisoning was the best thing we could have with that green or purple Kool-Aid. Man, it's just such a, a beautiful way to think about the ways in which those hardships and challenges build character and the ways in which you you give back now by sharing that story and building other women up. Thank you so much for talking about that. We are going to take a quick break here on The Big Tent. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with Sonia Rosario and Susie Rios about uh, their upcoming film, The Sofa Diaries. Uh, please stay tuned. She's alive. Alive! 89.9 and 93.5 FM's Radio Boise, Radio Boise! Hey there, you're listening to The Big Tent. Uh, I'm Jen Schneider, your host. I'm here with my co-host Jackie Kettler. We have two special guests today. Sonia Rosario is an independent documentary filmmaker and Susie Rios, an activist and entrepreneur. Um, both star in the film The Sofa Diaries, which is premiering at The Flicks on Saturday. Uh, Sonia, you're also the director, the writer, the producer. You have a whole list of things uh, that you did to make this uh, this movie happened. It's really a labor of love, it sounds like, in many ways. Well, it's a dedication to my mother, Gloria, uh, who was a great inspiration to me. And um, not a, we, we didn't have a perfect relationship. I don't want anybody to walk away and go, oh, well, I w- want to have a relationship like that. Um, my mother was very political. And uh, I remember that we both got into a little tiff on that sofa about Hillary and Obama. I voted for Obama, and she voted for Hillary. And she says to me, very coyly, she says, well, um, you're a feminist like me, and I voted for a woman. And you're voting for a man. And, of course, you know, that could have started World War III, as as usual. But we didn't go there. We stopped. So I think the love between mothers and daughters is is also a... um, it's got its humor, its complications. Um, I call it the jalapeno effect. How many jalapenos do you put in your food? That's the relationship I think all women have with their mothers. But it's a love relationship. It's a, a love story. Because after my mother, Gloria, passed away, I sat in a parking lot in San Antonio at HEB, a major grocery store. I sat in that parking lot and I realized, it hit me at that moment, that I had really been in love with her. And it took her dying for me to realize it. So the Sofa Diaries is about love, compassion, understanding, acceptance, uh, realizing that we all make our mistakes in our relationships with family. Um, I had a turbulent relationship with my father, who I just visited 
after not speaking to him for 25 years. And I think my mother played a role in that. She had compassion toward my father, and I couldn't understand that. I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. So her passing opened up a lot of doors for me to reflect on. What's so interesting to me about what the movie does is it is, like you said, a love story and focuses on the relationships between women and their mothers in particular. But it also doesn't shy away from politics. In fact, that seems to frame the film. Can you talk a little bit about what you were thinking there and how you made the personal political in The Sofa Diaries? Well, I'm an activist and I'm a feminist and proud of both. And um, I've built an incredible statewide relationship with some very political and powerful women in the state of Idaho. Not only are they uh, political, but they're spiritual and they, they are compassionate toward communities of color, women, um, LBGT. It's, it's, it's the whole gamut. Women are mothers no matter what. Even if we don't have children, we're still mothers. We still nurture. We still mentor. But I have six incredible women in this story, and I had already interviewed several other women as well, but those clips didn't make it. We still haven't edited, color code, colored the frames and the pictures. But these six women are, are undoubtedly political, spiritual, and um, mentors, great mentors. I have Senator Sheree Buckner-Webb. I have a, a rep state representative, Melissa Winthrow. I have Kelly Miller, um, an activist, uh, the executive director of the Idaho Coalition Against Sexual and Domestic Violence. I have Emily Jackson Edne, um, LBGT and community activists and a great leader in the movement of At The Words. And I have Ana Chantel, um, a Latino, a Latina activist and um, a, a, the inspiration for the building of the Hispanic uh, Cultural Center. And of course, Susie Rios, who's and here Susie with us Rios. in the studio today. And Susie, how were you thinking about that? You describe yourself as an activist as well. And so what was important for you about telling your story from that, from that perspective? Well, there, there was a very important um, individual um, lady. That, uh, her name is Janet King. I was a junior at high school, and she really believed in me. And... Um, she told me about an internship in Washington, D.C., but only one student was going to be selected. And when she told me that, it's like, okay, I don't have a chance. But what really got me in is a recommendation letter. And so the deadline came in, and there was no notification. So it was about two weeks later, and then I was notified that I was the winner. I had never flown I'd never been on a plane. We had just gone to a telephone at home. And so they were able to get the sponsorship for my ticket to go to Washington, D.C. And it was with National Association of Farm Workers Organization, with Cesar Chavez, the era with that. And because my parents were also activists, I knew that it would probably be something that I would like to do. And so when I got to D.C. and I... 
arrived at the airport, it was a culture shock. There were so many different languages. And um, it's like, I'm this Idaho girl, 17 years old, and um, I don't think I'm going to survive here. But I survived it. And at the end of my internship, I did not want to come back home. But the people that I worked with were great mentors, and I learned how to do a lobbying and, and go where congressmen were at and listen and, and learn by making policies. And so that's where I started to become an activist and and also fighting for farm workers' um, rights in the fields. And then from there, I continue working with the with the um, Department of Labor Commerce as a, as an activist complaint system. Um, and any um, farm worker that had a complaint or needed um, a bathroom at the fields, I would go and, and talk to the employer that they needed um, bathrooms. Because at that time, it was a lot that they were required to have bathrooms and water at, at the fields. So there's where I started my activism. What I love about that story is it's a story of acceleration, right? There was a teacher who accelerated you on your path towards that, and then you use that to come back and accelerate others. And it reminds me of your comment earlier, Sonia, about how these women are imbued with compassion and a sense of embrace and nurturing and mentoring, and they're um, pushing other people forward. So we have about one minute left. What would you love people to know about the SOFA Diaries um, when they get to see it? Because we're going to make sure we get another screening. I think I would love for everybody to know that um, it's critical to capture the story now. Don't wait until somebody dies. Capture it now. Everybody has a story, and why not now? You know, you don't need a fancy camera. You don't need mics. You've got your phone. Capture those stories and and hear the story from the ones who know it. Don't try to reminisce and say, what was that or when did that happen? You have them now. Don't wait. Don't wait. I didn't wait. When my mother told me that she was diagnosed with dementia, I got on a plane, took my camera, and captured my mother's story. That's so beautiful. So, Sonia, if people want to find you or Susie or learn more about the Sofa Diaries, where should they go? Um, The Facebook is called The Sofa Diaries. And if you want to um, come to my Facebook, it's Sonia Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S, Rosario, R-O-S-A-R-I-O. And Sonia is with a Y, and I have my Facebook. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for being here today. Uh, It was just such a pleasure to hear about this project and to hear from both of you. I feel like we probably could have done a whole other hour with you both. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. We hope the premiere goes wonderful. And again, I'm so upset that I don't have a ticket because it's sold out, which is fabulous for you. So we'll make sure the Sofa Diaries comes around again. Thanks to you all for listening to The Big Tent here on Radio Boise. We will uh, talk to you next week.